All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Of course, it is Saturday night, so I'll be going over all the college football action in the top 25. We got a lot of t stuff to talk about there, particularly in the Pac-12 Conference. We got an upset to start off week four. We also got an upset to end off week four in the Pac-12. So let's uh, talk about it. Two upsets in the top. 25 a lot more to talk about in the top 25 and some takeaways as well but let's get right into it of course with the uh, with the big matchup to start off the week number 10 utah going down in la to the usc trojans 23 to 30 was the final score both teams now are at three and one but of course utah is likely to be likely to lose that number 10 ranking but let's get into the stats for utah on offense that were led by quarterback tyler huntley who went 22 of 30 for 210 yards he also threw for a touchdown and ran for 64 uh, 60 yards as well running back devin broomfield led all the utes on the ground with 63 rushing yards uh Devante, uh Sorry, Devontae Henry Cole also had a rushing touchdown as well. Tight end uh, Cole Fotheringham would also add a receiving touchdown to that mix on top of that. Uh, for the defense, uh, Utah was led by defensive end Bradley Anae, who had five total tackles, and also defensive back Terrell Burgess, who had four total tackles and an interception. Uh, for USC on offense, they were led by quarterback Matt Fink, who went 21-30 for 351 yards. He also threw for three touchdowns, but he did give up a pick as well. Quarterback Keaton, uh, Keaton Slovis, the regular starter, uh, the Trojans regular starter, uh, would actually suffer a possible concussion in just a second play of the game, so he was pulled out. On the ground, the Trojans were led by uh, running back Vave Malapai, who had 39 rushing yards. Also, Marquis Stepp uh, was also able to run for a touchdown as well. In terms of receiving, the Trojans were led by wide receiver Michael Pittman, who actually led all receivers with 10 catches, 232 yards. He also caught a touchdown pass. Uh, wide receiver Armand St. Brown, uh, he also had five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And finally, wide receiver Tyler Vaughn, uh, he was also able to catch a, a touchdown pass as well. On defense, USC was led by safety Talanoa Hufunga, who had 14 total tackles. Linebacker Pale uh, Teote. Uh, also have 14 total tackles and defensive lineman Drake Jack uh, Drake Jackson excuse me had eight total tackles and a sack some takeaways for this game uh, for SC they had really good defense in this game they forced a few they forced uh, some timely sacks of course uh, forcing the Utes in the field goal situation so taking taking away the opportunity for six points uh, making them just settle for three also they blocked some of those field goal attempts as well and they pressured the quarterback a lot uh, one of the key plays near the end of the game uh, they actually forced an intentional grounding play so all over the place they were uh, pretty much uh, harassing the quarterback that was uh, leading to a lot of their success for Utah of course they had a bunch of penalties in this game uh, they made a, a few mistakes as well they fumbled the ball in the end zone right before the end of the first half and they never just seemed they never really seemed to get 
right, of course, at least on defense. And uh, another cold thing about the game was they actually suffered. Uh, well, they're going to be losing their running back, Zach Moss, to a shoulder injury. Uh, there's no definite timetable on which he'll be out. I'll have an injury report for you guys along with the top 25 uh, rankings uh, for you at the, the start of the week. Uh, but let's move on. We got some more uh, top 25 action to end out the first night of college football that first Friday night. Uh, 30. Uh, well, I'm sorry. The number 20. Uh, the number 20 team, Boise State. Uh, Boise State Broncos get a 30 to 9 victory against the Air Force Academy. So that wipes. Uh, that wraps up your Friday night, but let's move on to Saturday afternoon with the big time early game. Uh, Michigan goes down and oh, wow, and just they got beat down here. Uh, number 11 Michigan takes a loss here to number 13 Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets that W, 35 to 14. Uh, Wisconsin now moves to three and zero on the year, and Michigan is now two and one. Uh, for Michigan, they were led on offense by quarterback Shea Patterson, who went 14 to 32 for 200. 19 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns and also an interception. Uh, uh, quarterback Dylan McCaffrey, yes, Christian McCaffrey's little brother. He led all. Uh, he led all. Everybody on the ground uh, for Michigan with 21 yards, and that's for the Wolverines. Uh, not really a good day for them running the ball. Uh, not really. The greatest day for them offensively. They're looking. They're looking to be struggling right now. Actually, uh, wide receiver Ronnie uh, Ronnie Bell led all receivers with 81 yards, and tight end Sean uh, McKeon also had a receiving touchdown. On defense, the Wolverines were led by linebacker Kaliki Hudson, who had 14 total tackles, and also defensive back Brad Hawkins, who had 10 total tackles. Defensive lineman Aiden Hutchinson would also pr uh, provide nine total tackles as well. For Wisconsin, quarterback Jack Conley lead the way for them 13 and 16 uh, in terms of his passing he also had 128 passing yards and he also had two uh actually two rushing yards to add on to that running back jonathan taylor i told you guys he was going to be a boss uh he i already talked about him all american all conference of course first team um he had 203 rushing yards and also two touchdowns really great game from him and i pretty much knew he was going to be a factor i didn't get the utah game right i had utah winning that game uh but i knew for a fact that Michigan uh, did not have an answer to any type of serious running game. So um, I'm proud of that pick right there. Uh, fullback John Shin would also rush for a touchdown as well. You also got running back Garrett uh, Groshek uh, getting two catches for 38 yards. On defense, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers were led by linebacker Zach Vaughn, who had seven total tackles and a sack, and also Jack Sanborn, who also had seven total tackles and a sack. So again, Wisconsin got to the quarterback. Uh, they pretty much shut down uh, Shea Patterson for the most part. They shut down that running game uh, completely. And uh, Michigan looks to be all out of sorts. And um, I didn't think I'd be saying this um, because usually, I, well, you know what? Sometimes you lose a game like this. And a coach like Harbaugh, who's who came in there with so much flash and so much hype surrounding him about four or five years ago when he first started, he just doesn't uh, 
he just doesn't turn the program around like you think he should. Uh, and I guess, well, definitely more so Michigan thought he should. I, I mean, I thought it was a good hire, of course, but, you know, I'll, you know, outside of knowing for this purpose, for doing a podcast, you know, you don't take a, you try not to take a rooting interest with everybody. Of course, you have your favorite teams. I'm trying to be as unbiased for people as possible. So when the move was made, of course, I was like, okay, well, you know, good fit. He used to play quarterback for the squad. I, I just didn't know, you know, where his mindset was at and and, you know in terms of college coaching again he spent so much time he had spent so much time in the field and had so much success there I thought he would find another team on that level but uh for Michigan this is their sixth straight loss in Wisconsin so again uh they they cannot win on the road uh in Madison for some reason and that's something that they're going to be looking at I think uh when it comes down to maybe resigning him or maybe letting him go I think this definitely puts uh Jim Harbaugh uh the Michigan coach on the hot seat and uh, Michigan did get back the wide receiver Donovan Peoples, who caught a late re- uh, late touchdown reception. I forgot to mention that here uh, late in the game, uh, but they did lose linebacker Josh Ross to a foot injury. So uh, there you go with that. Um, they lost somebody. I mean, they brought a receiver back, but they lose a linebacker. Uh, they definitely struggled uh, defending today. So, again, there's a lot of questions for that Michigan squad. But let's move on. We got some SEC action with number uh, number nine Florida getting it done pretty easily against Tennessee. 34-3 is their final score there. Tennessee's coach, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, should probably be on the hot seat as well. That was an ugly loss to a team that, again, has not turned the corner in a very long time. I don't know what they're going to be doing for the future. Uh, for Cal, uh, they get a really big win on the road. They went out to Oxford, Mississippi and got a win against the Ole Miss Rebels. 28-20 uh, to 20 was the final score here. Let's break this game down. For Cal, they were led by quarterback Chase Garbers, who went 23-35 for 357 yards. He also threw for four touchdowns, but he did throw a pick. Uh, but on the ground, they were led by Marcel Dancy, who had 47 rush yards. Through the air, they were led by tight end Jake Tongues, who had three receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. Also, Jordan Duncan, the wide receiver, had five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver, I'm sorry, running back Christian Brown Jr. and also wide receiver Trayvon Clark had receiving touchdowns as well. On defense, the Cal Bears led by Evan Weaver, who had 22 total tackles, including the game-winning stop on Ole Miss quarterback John Reese Pumley on the one-yard line. Uh, the play before that was a little bit controversial in terms of where they spotted the ball. I think Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss uh, feels that they scored. Uh, the the Pac-12 refs actually had the ball uh, stopped at the one. So that's what led to that game-winning uh, tackle there at the one-yard line. A linebacker, Kuang Dang, had nine total tackles and one and a half sacks. Off to Ole Miss, and of course the Rebels were led by quarterback Matt Coral, who went 22 of 41 for 266 uh, yards, excuse me. And f- he also had 56 yards on the ground and also a running a rushing touchdown. Running back, Jerrion Ely also had a rushing touchdown as well, and Elijah Moore uh, led all receivers in terms of yardage with and catches with 11 catches and 102 yards. On defense, uh, the Rebels were led by uh, Miles Hartfield, who had five total tackles and a sack, and lineback- linebacker, excuse me, Sam Williams, who had seven total tackles and a sack. Uh, for both teams, of course, uh, this was a big win. Uh, for Cal, it was a big win because this is an SEC opponent on the road. 
road. Of course, it was an early start time for them being a Pacific time team. It's usually harder for them to get up for those games. And they were up uh, by a good margin early. Uh, and also, Ole Miss was able to come back and chip into that margin up until uh, the, the late, the latter part of the game. And uh, they rallied. Uh, well, you know, even despite Ole Miss's rally, uh, Cal was able to have a small rally on their of their own defensively and they were able to hold that game in a check and take a take a win back to the west coast so uh, i think it was a good win for them uh, as a pac-12 enthusiast as an oregon duck fan i i'm kind of concerned about that win that win kind of says oh okay well cal somebody i have to look at definitely uh this conference is not as easy as i thought it would be uh so definitely with cal looking better uh i think usc taking a step up this week this conference looks a little bit exciting and whoever wins it i don't i i think the media and the, and the college football playoff committee might keep a pac-12 team out but uh, if they're able to to get through this gauntlet either oregon because oregon is the last undefeated team oh no they're not nobody's undefeated in this conference as a, as a matter of fact i think cal may be undefeated let's take a look here um i don't even think cal's undefeated right now so again but cal does have an upset win against Washington as well. So again, this conference is is just beginning. Uh, just begin. This conference play at least hasn't even started for a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams uh, haven't even played a game yet in these conferences. And I want to do a con some conference standings tonight, uh, but I didn't. Again, I looked at the conference records, and a lot of these teams haven't really had their conference opener yet. So I want to take a little bit of time to see how these teams perform within the conference, and then I'll show share them with you guys. Let 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 everybody at least get a game in there, but. If, I mean, but a quick, you know, look at the Pac-12 race right now as it's just barely started. You kind of already see, you know, Oregon's in the driver's seat. They were able to get a win this week and a solid win uh, on the road at Stanford in Palo Alto, 21-6. to uh, They're going to probably move up uh, in terms of their ranking. So, again, you have Oregon at the top right now. Uh, you also have probably USC uh, and also Utah still in the mix in the south. As far as the north, of course, you have Oregon, like I just said, and also Washington. Uh, actually, we'll get to the Washington State game. Uh, Washington State game. Uh, the last will be the last game we cover. They took a loss. But again, those are the kind of the teams that are in the mix. So uh, there's a lot of season to play. Uh, the Pac-12 is just looking like one of those those just those crazy conferences where everybody eats each other alive. But let's move on. We got Alabama eating on an easy uh, cupcake. Uh, Southern Mississippi, uh, 49 to seven is the final score there. Alabama is, of course, the number two team in the nation. Up next, we have number 22, Washington, getting it done against BYU, 45-19. to Ohio State, the number six team in the nation, gets it done against Miami of Ohio, not Miami out there in Florida, 76-5. to We got number 16, Texas, some, no, no, sorry, number 17, Texas A&M, getting it, actually taking a loss to Auburn, the number 18, 28-20. We got SMU getting the upset against number 25, TCU, Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist uh, gets the win against Texas Christian, 41 to 38. Central Florida takes an upset loss to Pittsburgh, 34 to 35. And we also got Virginia holding on to be our Old Dominion, holding on to their number one, number 21 spot. They might even move up as well. Uh, 28 to 17 is going to be their final score there. Uh, we got number 12 uh, Texas holding on to get a win against Oklahoma State, 36 to 30. We got Arizona State. Taking a late loss uh, to Colorado, the number 24 team, uh, 
the number 24 team Arizona State goes down 31 to 34 and we have the big marquee matchup uh before I get to the the nightcap the nightcap in the Pac-12 I want to talk about this big time marquee matchup between number seven Notre Dame and also number three Georgia uh the Georgia Bulldogs were able to pull out this one 23 to 7 uh, 23 to 17 Georgia goes to 4-0 in the season the Notre Dame Fighting Irish of course now two and one I also had a pick in this one as well I wasn't too sure where this was going to pan out I thought Georgia was going to win by a significantly larger margin but of course I had the winning I don't really go by spreads, but that's me. Uh, but let's break down the stats for this one. For Notre Dame, they were led by, of course, quarterback Ian Brook, who went 29 of 47. He had 276 passing yards. He also threw for two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, also, uh, he, uh, in terms of running, not a whole lot to talk about here. I believe their leading rusher was uh, Tony Jones. He had under 40 yards. So, again, uh, not really balanced there for the Fighting Irish. Uh, tight end Cole Komet led all receivers. Uh, with nine catches, 109 yards, and also a touchdown. And wide receiver Chase Claypool uh, had six uh, six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, on defense, again, not too much uh, to mention here. For Georgia, they were led by quarterback Jake Fromm. He went 20 of 26 for 187 yards. He also threw for a touchdown. Uh, running back DeAndre Smith had 98 yards on the ground. He also got a touchdown. Wide receiver Lawrence Cager had five catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. And the Bulldogs, uh, for their for what it's worth defensively, they were able to force two interceptions, one by Divide uh, Wilson right before the end of the first half, and one right before, or actually one right in the fourth quarter to pretty much seal the deal by J.R. Reed out there in the secondary. So, uh, again, some takeaways for this one. Notre Dame. Is to me has never really been that great of a team. Now I have a stat here that actually proves that they are eight and twenty-nine versus top ten teams, and this goes back all the way to ninety-six. I don't think Notre Dame was all that. I personally think they were overrated, just because that's just how they make the ratings. Uh, it was a good win for Georgia because, of course, it's a top ten win. Uh, they, are, of course, Notre Dame was a number seven uh, team in the nation, so Georgia looks really good. But I don't think Notre Dame was really all that great to begin with. Again, really be overhyped going into the season um as as for what's next with georgia they're going to be starting off sec play with an easy game in my opinion against tennessee so uh look for them to stay successful there and finally like i said in the big time uh pac 12 nightcap this is how we do it. We have UCLA taking out the number 19 team in the nation, Washington State, 67 to 63. Yes, I say 67 to 63. This could have went to overtime, but it didn't. But of course, we had over 100 points scored. This is going to be actually 130 points to be exact. Yes, 100. No, yes, 130 points to be exact. Crazy, I know. UCLA finally gets his first win on the year to go one and three. Washington uh, State moves to three and one. And of course, they're going to be mo moving down in those rankings. But let's talk about the stats real quick. For UCLA, they were led by quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, who went to uh, 25 of 58 for 508 yards for five touchdowns and one interception. Running back Joshua Kelly had 91 rushing yards. Wide receiver Dimitri uh, Felton had seven uh, seven receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, as for Dorian Thompson, I forgot to add this too. He also had 57 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, back to the receivers here. Chase Coda uh, was able to get four uh 
four catches for 147 yards and a touchdown. And tight end Devin Asiasi had four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. On defense, uh, again, the use of uh, not a whole lot of defense in all reality, um, but UCLA was able to get some turnovers. Linebacker Josh Woods got an interception, and as well, uh, defensive back uh, Darnie Holmes got one as well. And on special teams, they had to perform there as well because Washington State is going to be scoring uh, pretty fast. They score a lot, so UCLA had to score in all different ways. They scored on special teams here with a punt return touchdown by Kyle Phillips. Uh, let's move on to Washington State on offense. They were led by Anthony Gordon, who went 41 of 61 for 570 yards and also he threw for nine touchdowns which is a, which is a Washington State record excuse me he also threw uh, two interceptions uh, but uh, Max Borgie uh, will lead all uh, will lead everybody on the ground in terms of yardage with 123 yards he had also kept, he would also have 80 receiving yards and a touchdown wide receiver Aesop uh, Winston Jr. Uh, excuse me Aesop Winston Jr. would have two catches for 114 yards he also caught four touchdown passes and five other Cougar receivers uh, caught touchdown passes. And on defense, uh, Skylar Thomas uh, was was the only person to do something that notable. Of course, not a whole lot of defense on either side, but he was able to get an interception as well. Some takeaways from this. Some takeaways, excuse me, from this game. Uh, for one, UCLA was down 32 points going into the second half. Uh, they actually outscored Washington State 28 to 14 in the final quarter. And uh, Anthony Gordon has thrown for 400 yards in all four games this season. Uh, he just didn't come uh, come through in this one. Nine touchdowns. Again, that's a scary stat to look at. That's that's crazy. That's bonkers. That, that was almost double-digit touchdowns in the game. Washington State uh, finds ways to just score, throwing the ball, and it's ridiculous. They don't run the ball particularly well all the time, uh, but again, they can just pass the ball all types of ways. Uh, for UCLA, they have been averaging only 263 yards a game. Of course, they got a lot more than that because they got a lot of points, 67 to be exact. So again, they, they're, they're looking to turn a corner. I don't know how far they go with this win, but it's a good start. And for Washington State, uh, they had a total of six turnovers in this game, and they all led to 20. They, they led to 29 points. So definitely a 29-point swing, it looks like, in UCLA's favor because of these turnovers. Washington State does have some questions to ask. Uh, I, I mean, I... Washington State definitely has a scary offense, but if they're going to turn over the ball like this, I think uh, they can definitely keep teams in the game. Uh, scary how many points they can put up on you in a loss, though. Uh, but you know what, you guys? I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Of course, I have the end of the week wrap-up for the MLB. We are wrapping up that season ever so swiftly. We have the playoff to talk about, playoff races, wild card spots, of course, we have divisional titles to talk about there as well. I believe that the uh, Braves just wrapped it up in the AL, uh, the NL at East, excuse me, and became their champ, that divisional champion. So we're going to break some of that down. Of course, we have all day NFL action to talk about. And of course, the big elephant in the room, we got to talk about Antonio Brown, who was recently released by the Patriots. So uh, there's a lot to talk about NFL-wise, a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about baseball-wise. As far as uh, as far as college football is concerned, I will be coming back uh, sometime 
earlier next week, uh, either Monday or Tuesday morning uh, with the top 25. Of course, we'll have an updated injury report because, again, I mentioned some injuries today. Uh, the details aren't uh, always released right away, so I will be having something at the beginning of the week for it. Of course, we'll be going over the top 25 rankings and a through the course of week five, I'll be having some conference standings for you guys as well there. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that's ljbutler75 at gmail.com. E-L-J-Butler75 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on the Instagram and on Facebook at Johnny. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Johnny is the name. Also got a, a Facebook page for the show at Never Out of Bounds where I got all my links. I got some stuff that I shared with you guys. Also got a link to my PayPal and also to my cash app as well if you are looking to make any donations anything is appreciated once again i'm signing out for tonight if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i will holla at y'all later all right